Hey there! Welcome to the Rambling Gals Podcast. We are your hosts, Angela and Adriana, and here you'll find pretty much everything travel-related. We took a trip a few years ago and made a fair amount of mistakes that cost us money and messed up our plans. And since then, we've worked on perfecting travel itineraries and made it a goal to get as many people as we could out into the world exploring. So here you'll find our best travel tips and tricks, interviews with other travelers and business owners, a little bit of storytelling, and a lot of tomfoolery. Thanks for listening. Hey there, welcome to episode 13. Today we're going to be talking about five easy ways that we save money to travel more. So these are just kind of little things that we've done in our daily lives or, you know, we just do on a small scale and it adds up to helping us save for big trips. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Some exciting things that are coming up. We're going to be going to a travel conference at the end of September. So that's pretty exciting. We're going to be meeting with other people in the travel industry and kind of networking with other people. And then there's also brands there. So there's TripAdvisor there, there's Norwegian Air. And so we get to, you know, chit chat with other brands and tourist boards. So we're pretty excited about that. So I will just hop right in here. Um, The first thing that I always do is I get a glass jar. So it's a really easy thing to do. I just go buy apple juice, a giant apple juice at the grocery store. And then I put either my spare change in it. I get a lot of cash um, for my side job. So if I have extra cash, I just stuff it right in that glass jar. And I have one right now for our upcoming trip in Thailand. And it's up on my fridge. And it probably has about $250 in it by now, which is a pretty good start. And I still have, you know, two more months to save. So I can probably put about 500 bucks in there. So it's just a really easy thing to do. You just put, you know, spare change in there or... I've done, every time I have a $5 bill, I'll just put my $5 bill in there and just kind of make it more of a game and then I'm more inclined to do it. Um, so that's a pretty easy way to save a little bit of money. For my last trip to France and Germany, I my boyfriend and I put our spare change and spare cash into one and it was enough for our rental car for about 10 days. So that was just extra money that we didn't have to pay that we just easily saved up by putting it in there. And, you know, a rental car is not that expensive. It was like $250 for the whole 10 days. And it was just a really easy way to do that kind of effortlessly. So uh, the second thing that we do is I have a separate bank account for my travel uh, funds. So I have, you know, my main bank cards like my debit card and my credit card that are not hooked up to this separate bank account and it's at a completely different bank so when I put money into it I have to go drive to that bank and deposit the money and if I wanted to get money out of that account I would have to do the same thing and actually go to the bank so it's more of an effort that it's not just money sitting in your checking account or your savings account that if something comes up, you end up using it or you just are not that serious about saving and it goes right into your checking account and you just end up saving it without being able to designate what is for your regular expenses and what is for your travel. So I think having that distinction between your money is so, so important 
because you end up spending it if it's not, you know, in a, in its separate place. And that has been really, really helpful for me. The third thing that I think is really, really important is just in any sort of thing that you have to develop a habit for, it's the same thing for saving money, whether you're saving money to buy a car or to buy your first house or to travel, developing those small habits that make a difference is so key. So just working towards becoming more financially responsible is so, so important. So, excuse me. For this, I think there's a couple things that you can do. I think tracking your finances is really important. I know that a lot of banks have the online feature where you can see like the categories that you're spending your money. So they have like entertainment or grocery store, but it doesn't really give you the whole picture that I like because, you know, obviously you can buy, be buying something other than groceries at the grocery store. So if you're buying paper towels and you know, all those other supplies that aren't necessarily groceries at the grocery store, it kind of muddies up what you're spending your money on. So tracking your finances, I did this for a couple months, probably three months, because I had a pretty good idea of what I was spending my money on. But I made a spreadsheet and I just wrote out, you know, about what my what my estimated costs were going to be. And then, you know, as I actually did that for the whole month and tracked my money, I could see, you know, I was way overestimating how much I spend on gas, or I was way underestimating how much I spend on entertainment. And you can really get a good look at exactly what you're spending your money on. And then from there, I basically went on to Amazon, or I went and looked at different prices for things on different websites or in different grocery stores, and just tried to cut down my everyday expenses or those variable costs in my life. So for things like, you know, cat food or pet food and, you know, your toilet papers or or your sponges or whatever you're buying, just making that small change in finding a comparable product for a smaller, uh, for a lower price, I think helped me a lot. So if you're not into using spreadsheets, there are lots of apps nowadays that you can use and some of them are free. Some of them are more of a paid service, but it's the same idea as if you were tracking it, you know, manually yourself. So one that I use is called Mint and that's a free app and you can essentially put the amount of money you want to allocate for a certain thing and then track via your, you know, credit card expenditures or your debit card and it's hooked up to your bank account. So it automatically does basically what I was talking about with the spreadsheet earlier. It just lumps those into whatever you had budgeted. So you have rent, you just put in, you know, if your rent is a thousand dollars and you pay with your card, then it goes straight into your rent expense and you can track, you know, how much you're spending. The only problem I've had with things like this is again, that, you know, I have cash some of the time and I'm not always using my card. And so I don't think it's an accurate picture of how I spend my money. And that's why I personally chose to do it, you know, by hand and make a spreadsheet of it. But if you, you know, use your card for everything, it would be a really, really good option. So again, there's Mint, which is free. And then there's one called You Need a Budget, which is a paid app. And it's more for a very, if you're very serious about your budgeting, I think they have in-app, you know, help with your budgeting and how to allocate your expenses a little differently. And then there's also different investment apps as well. So there's ones called, there's one called Robinhood. There's one called Acorns and there's one called Stash. 
And, you know, there's a bunch of other ones, but those are kind of the top ones. So the basic idea behind some of these, so acorn for acorns, for example, it basically just rounds up the money for you. So say you you buy coffee every day and your coffee is four fifty, and acorns also hooked up to your bank account via the app basically just rounds that four fifty up to five dollars and puts that extra fifty cents into whatever account you want it to be. So if you hooked it up to a separate travel account, that fifty cents every time you bought a coffee would go into that account. And the idea is that it would, you know, grow exponentially over time. So most of these from the research I've done have a fee. So for example, Acorns has a $1 a month fee for just those accounts. And then they also have an IRA and a Roth IRA um, kind of service as well, which is $2 a month. So depending on how much you think you're going to be able to round up, you have to decide if that cost is going to be worth it or not. Because if it's a certain, it's basically like an interest percentage you're going to be paying on whatever you're rounding up. Okay. So besides working towards becoming financially responsible, there's the things that I mentioned, you know, learning how to track your finances accurately, I think is really important. I think cutting back on your extra expenses comes with tracking your finances well, because like I said, I made a spreadsheet and then found the comparable products for a lower price and then was able to cut back on those variable expenses in my life. And then another really important thing I think you can do is just to educate yourself to be financially responsible. So whether that's reading books or, you know, reading articles on websites or listening to finance podcasts, there's so, so much information about out there that you can help to just educate yourself on saving money and how to prepare for things like this. So taking that extra time to just educate yourself on the importance of saving money or the different ways that you can do it. I think is just so important. So the fourth thing I wanted to talk about today is just, again, going back to developing this habit of saving money, working to, you know, achieve savings for travel is a tough thing to do, but if you can develop a habit of saving consistently in things that you do every day. So a good example of this would be the amount of times you go out to eat versus the amount that you go grocery shopping and you cook at home. So for me, that was a big, not a huge change. I didn't eat out a whole lot before, but it was a change that I conscientiously made that I'm going to make the extra effort and go grocery shopping, plan some meals and save more money because you can easily spend, you know, 20 bucks just eating out on something that you could have easily made at home. And so making that extra effort to go grocery shopping and cook for yourself can end up saving you tons of money in the long term. So that's something that you consistently have to make an effort to do in order to save you that extra money. So again, I talked about, you know, cutting back on groceries or finding less expensive options on your pet food or your paper towels. You know, that's a way that you can consistently save money. Um, If you have an expensive gym membership, maybe you can, if you're saving up for a big trip, maybe you can put your expensive gym membership on hold for six months and work out at home and just being resilient in your everyday things that will end up saving you tons of money. So if you have a hundred dollar a month gym membership and you're saving for six months, there's $600 that you could just work out at home and put in that extra effort 
and be resilient about and just save yourself money that you otherwise would have, you know, is one of your fixed costs that you can just completely cut out. And so that's a great way to consistently save you money. Another great option that I know is not possible for everybody is simply just to make more money. So for me, that meant taking a side job or a couple side jobs. So in addition to, you know, being a part-time nanny, I also do part-time dog walking and dog sitting. And I also do like some social media management for people. And so all of those things are just extra money that I have that I put towards my travel account. And it's not easy. And sometimes it really sucks and it's hard. But because I have the commitment to saving money for travel, those are things that I'm willing to do to make that extra money to put towards travel. So whether that's getting a part-time job for you. I think there are so many options for part-time work or just a couple hours a week. Like if you're already not working, you know, 60 hours a week, there's some great options. If you want to do some freelance work, if you can write really well, or you can edit podcast episodes or video for people, there are so many platforms now that you can do remote work just a couple hours a week and be a virtual assistant for somebody and just make a little bit of extra money. So that doesn't necessarily need to be, again, a super long-term thing. But if you are wanting to go travel more and you just want to do some part-time work for, you know, six months, eight months, whatever it is, that's a good option is to just get a part-time job and drive for Lyft or do, you know, dog walking services or whatever it is. Another great option to make more money if you're not in the position or you don't want to get a part-time job, if you've been at your job a while and you feel like you're due for a raise ask for a raise and you're already making, you know, a little bit of extra money just by asking for a raise. So I've had people tell me, um, the way that they save money for travel is let's say you make $20 an hour and you get a $1 an hour raise. They just put that extra $1 an hour raise towards their travel fund because you're already used to making $20 an hour and you've been living on $20 an hour this whole time that that extra $1 raise, you don't really notice it going into your bank account. Yeah. Asking for a raise. I think if you're in that position and you feel like you earn a raise, obviously don't ask for a raise if it's not a deserved raise and it's just, you know, going to get denied. But if it's time to get a raise, feel free to ask for a raise and, you know, you can make more money that way. And actually the last thing I wanted to mention is there are of course options for travel credit cards or travel debit cards that give you a percentage back or a dollar back for every purchase. And you can use that money also for your travel fund. So be sure to look into different travel cards. I'm not super into, you know, credit cards and it's not something I have a ton of information on, but a good resource is nerdwallet.com and they do, you know, a breakdown of essentially every credit card out there and the pros and cons for each. So I would check that out if that's something you're interested in. So I think that's all I want to talk about today. Hopefully some of those were useful to you if you're looking to make a little bit more extra money to save for travel or just to save on your everyday expenses. So something that we have coming up, again, um, something exciting. If you've been listening to our Saturday sessions, these are the episodes where we are interviewing other travelers and other entrepreneurs and small business owners. So I just did an interview today with Lane from Paris Offscript, and she basically just does small group trips to Paris and shows people a unique side of the city that not everybody gets to experience when they go there. So it was a really great interview, and I was so happy to talk to her. 
and you can look forward to that one in, I think it's about two weeks we'll be putting that out. So um, keep your ears open for that one. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, We will see you every Wednesday for our new episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Go far, stay long. Thanks for listening to the Rambling Gals podcast. You can always head to our website, theramblinggals.com, for more travel resources and our archive of podcast episodes. If this podcast was right up your alley, we would love to receive a review from you. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode from us. See you on the next one.